about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. And we're back. The four, you know what? Before I start this whole podcast, I'm I'm depressed. I fuck, 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 fuck. Let it out. I I've been holding this in for. 12 days now, however many days it's been since December 29th. I've avoided talking about it. It's it's just, it's one of those things Use where... your aggressive feelings, boy. Let the hate flow through you. It's... <laughs> I, I don't... People ask me, oh, what happened? And I just don't talk about it. I'm a mush. That 2018, I was the biggest mush of, of them all. It started in August. I backed Hannah for that fight at Rough and Rowdy, and she lost in the controversial decision. I backed the Yankees trying to win the World Series. They lost. Notre Dame, they lost. Every major event that I've put my name out there on, they, they've lost. I bought GE stock. GE, too big to fail. <laughs> and for those that, of us in the finance world the like me, it is absolutely tumbled. That is the only logical conclusion that I can make about, about this. I, I am a mush. So uh, I'm going to need you to start rooting for the Patriots. I'm actually, I will pay you every year. I will pay you to be a Patriots fan. Oh, and to top it all fucking off, I was a Bears supporter this year. (laughs) All right. That's that. Welcome to the podcast. We are back. And, uh, yeah, I do have some good news, though, now that I got that all off my chest. Um, it is the year 2019, the year of our Lord 2019, and the Notre Dame football team is undefeated. Thank you. So Same metrics. Yeah, we uh, we have more non-losses than Alabama does. So with that, um, we all know what happened. It sucked. It wasn't fun. And this is the first time we could get together and talk about it because I was going through the grieving process. Uh, so let, let's get into it. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. I know it's whatever. This is going to be 10 days late by the time you're hearing this. But uh, Notre Dame lost to Clemson 30-3. to And uh, I want to hear from you guys. Dylan, what's your takeaway about December 29th? Um, well... I can say that I grieved the same way any Irish person would. I immediately started drinking and tried to forget it. So, um, wow. It was bad. It hurt. 
it really hurt to watch. Um, my dad was working, so he had to tape it and watch it two days later, and I had to watch him watch it. Yeah. And it, it was oh, just, God. it was just terrible. Um, you let him watch I, that snuff film. I had to, <laughs> I had to. I, I couldn't spoil it. But uh, there's some, I don't know. Uh, it, it's hard to really articulate how I think we all feel on it because we were so brutally destroyed. Um, at least they beat Alabama by a wider margin. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and I think the Notre Dame support was pretty cool at the game. But other than that, fucking Notre Dame loses a big one on the national stage again. That's I pretty much it. Steve? Yeah, stop me if you've heard that one before. Um, I think out of anything, this game gave me a lot of hope for the future. And we're definitely going to have a lot of uh, future of this Irish team talk throughout this podcast. But I'd be remiss if I didn't get into the whole um, suicidal, you know, down in the dumps, the whole world is falling apart. We should hype Steve. It fucking blew. Um, the first 16, 17, 18 minutes of that game were awesome um, because obviously it was competitive. It was tied, fighting back and forth. Um, and Julian, and just the wheels fell off. And what, what, what was it, like six minutes of game time is all it took that for them to go up uh, three touchdowns? Yep. And the next thing I knew, it went from like jumping up and down and celebrating on every single play to I was just sitting down in a computer chair, six feet inch TV, just staring at it, thinking, what the fuck just happened to my life? Like, it was instant. And it really, really just sucked the soul out. So it was brutal to watch, but the first just about 20 minutes of that game opened a lot of promise, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, um, that's that's my initial thought. Um, I had people checking in on me, making sure I was okay. And I, I think I was. I sat on the corner of my couch and after they went up those three touchdowns, I just sat there just blindly staring at the screen, hoping something would change. Uh, and it didn't, but it happens. I think it's bullshit that they said Julian Love was in concussion protocol and they couldn't get him back on the field. Yeah. I get brain health's important and all that, but like have the doctor have some common sense. If he passed all the tests, but he had a little bit of a problem on one of the tests, four out of five is good enough. That's 80%. Put him back in. So that that's my piece. I know I'm probably being a selfish uh, person for that, uh, but I don't care. All I want is a national championship. And being part of Notre Dame Petty Twitter was my favorite thing during the national championship game. Uh, I didn't watch the game, but being able to clap back on Alabama fans was <laughs> so much fun. Um, but really, staying with the game, it appears the Horseman curse is dead uh, for this year. When two curses go up against each other, one has to come out on top. 
Uh, four out of five ain't bad. Trevor Lawrence has killed my curse. Congratulations, Trevor. See you in 2020. Uh, and I, I thought the run game was abysmal. Kind of a quick re- recap of the game. I thought the passing game, running screens on third and long, was stupid. But mm-hmm. Newsom was a bright spot. Yoon has only points of the game. Uh, and they'll have long NFL careers. So uh, not much really to take away when you know turnovers don't go our way. The Clemson was really good at attacking the ball. Uh, and good for them. So, putting the pin in that, 2018's done. Uh, and we are on to Louisville. Yeah. Um, that game, I, I tweeted this. It was very similar to the Alabama game way back when, when there was about three or four key moments in the game that broke the other way, and then the floodgates opened. And we're just not a good enough team to overcome that. Um, I mean, if that ball that's fumbled on the kick return stays in bounds and is ruled in bounds, it did stay in bounds. Yeah, but factual, like called on the field, ruled in bounds. <laughs> we would have, we would have had the ball inside what the fifteen. It, it was legitimately three. the twenty-five at the l- furthest. So, yeah, yeah um, that that's one. Books fumbles another. Um, Julian Love getting hurt. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we scored three points. It was awful. Book was really not good. Uh, the run game, I don't think really stuck with it too much because we had a little bit of success with it. Um, I, I don't know. The first quarter was good. It was tied three, three Notre Dame had controlled the pace and won the, the field position, right? We were, we were getting the ball at the 50. They were getting the ball at the 10. Uh, it looked like we were possibly going to kind of maybe take a lead at some point. To uh, it looked like we could hang with them. We were stopping them. Our defense was we doing almost a better did job take Alabama. We yeah, almost we, did take we, it was it was tied three to three, and um, what's his name? We book through a deep post help, uh, and to to Miles Boykin, and he just underthrew it by maybe two and a half yards. If he threw it a yard and a half further into the end zone. Then Boykin had his man be, and he has obviously the length to go get the ball. Would have been a touchdown. Would have been ten to three at that point, Notre Dame. But he just underthrew it a little bit. Corner was able to catch up and break up the pass. So that's why we ultimately didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, and I mean it was just kind of breaks like that that just didn't go our way. And I I can't remember another game where just nothing went our way since the Alabama championship game. It was the same kind of thing where just nothing is going your way. All the review calls went the other side, and, and most of them were correct, but still. And even, yeah, I'm going to stop you there. Even the bullshit coin toss. Oh, here's a coin. Notre Dame, you're on this side. Clemson, you're on this side. Who the hell does that? It's not the Super Bowl. So that bullshit ref. Let Notre Dame pick tails or, or heads. I don't care what they pick. Notre Dame should have chose the coin flip. Sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, I'm just trying to dissect the game from what I can remember, right? Because I'm not, I'm not looking at it. I'm not looking at tape. I'm not looking at stats. I'm just, I refuse to. I haven't since I six years later. I still haven't looked at the Alabama game. So, um, yeah, it was rough. It was not a good look for Notre Dame. Our fans are getting ridiculously abused, like always, um, unfairly. We're held to a higher standard than other fans. Oklahoma is 0-3 in the playoff. Don't hear anything about them. Alabama just lost by 28 in a championship game, the worst loss since they beat Notre Dame by 28. And 
there's been jokes, but I really doubt people are going to hold it over Alabama's head forever. So, um, yeah, it's just it was just shit. And I mean, Clemson, good for them. They were they were the best team this year. They proved that. Um, but you really feel bad because you know how hard it is to get here, especially if you're Notre Dame. You know, P, you said you just want to win championships. I don't know if that's what the university wants. Um, it's hard. They make it hard on themselves. Um, and the fact that we got two 10-win seasons in a row is unbelievable. It hasn't been done, I don't think, since Lou Holtz's time. So uh, I, I hope the future looks good. But uh, to get back to that spot and have it within your grasp, I just don't know when we're going to see that again. 2019. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was uh, 88, 89, obviously, national title in 88 when we had uh, back-to-back 10 winners. Um, 93, obviously, we should have won the title that year. I don't think 94 we had 10 wins. But, um, yeah, I mean, getting into kind of one stat that obviously jumps out, and and this was just – Everyone that kept chirping me, everyone that kept talking shit and just you guys got blown out, you guys got blown out. See, I'm I'm on the other end, and this is why I'm a little bit hopeful because this doesn't feel like to me, subjectively, does not feel like a 2012 year. 2012, I was in Vermont <clears throat> uh, with some friends in a log cabin, and obviously I was getting chirped by all my friends. I was sitting on on the couch watching the game, and within 11 minutes, I was like well, what the fuck just happened? Game was over, not even within 11 minutes. It was over within eight minutes. It was it was 14 to nothing before I could even take my first piss. Um, so we, we just had the doors blown off us. We were getting thrown around on the line of scrimmage. Eddie Lacy and, and whoever else were literally just barreling through Manti Teo and the rest of that defense in 2012. We did a chance in hell. And the talent gap in that game was so far. If you looked at the first 25 minutes of this game, Notre Dame-Clemson, when it was still tied 3-3 three to three, until Julian Love got off the field, tie game, you know, game of inches, game of field position, we were uh, literally a millimeter away from a ball being fumbled that we recovered. We have the ball, and at the very least, we're kicking and taking the lead 6-3. to three. An underthrown pass by a, a couple of yards. It would have been like a 35, 40 yard touchdown pass, just slightly underthrown. I mean, Ian Book did not play well at all. But it just felt like, as long, and I can highlight a stat in a second, but with our starters on the field, with everybody healthy, and we would have probably still lost this game 17 10, 20 to 10, you know. 17-6, something along those lines is what it felt like it would have ended had we had a fully healthy team. But obviously, Julian Love went out and the floodgates opened. Dante Vaughn with an abysmal performance. So to highlight that specifically. You should find another sport to play. Curling. I will, I'll just um, say that. Dante Vaughn, rugby is a totally optional and good option for you. Yeah. Um Probably would blow there too. Trevor Lawrence in the six series with Julian Love, first team All American, and uh, Thorpe runner up, first future first round pick. Six series with Julian Love in the game. Lawrence was 12 for 19, which is over 50%. It's pretty decent. He had only 80 yards on 12 completions. It's like not great. 
Not great at all. So then we had uh, Julian Love obviously come out. He he was out for five series total. In those five series, 15 for 18 for 247 yards and three touchdowns. It was mechanical what he did to Dante Vaughn. What he did to Dante Vaughn, what Trevor Lawrence was able to do, and, and you don't take anything away from that kid because he is fucking incredible it just goes to show how valuable julian love was and we were getting to them man we were getting to them aloe gilman had two hits one against travis Etienne and one against trevor lawrence and when both of those players got up after a aloe gilman hit right in the fucking chest those guys looked like they did not want to play football anymore we had them on their heels we were punishing them we were sacking them we were getting to Lawrence we were the run game everything was going well and again I'm not saying like this means that we would have won had Julian Love been in the game I think you know because our offense did not play well at all we probably would have lost by anywhere from 7 to 13 points but it's a totally different conversation than oh this game was 30 to 3 you guys fucking suck and then consequently 7 Alabama loses by 28 haha fuck you Alabama I hope you all die so that's it's just I I think this is di- different this year. It felt like we were competing. It feels like the talent gap is has definitely closed, and that's why I'm bright on the future. I'm done talking. Yeah, yeah. it was a, it was a much more competitive game. If you don't mind me, Pete, just getting a word in. Um, yep. Clearly, Julian Love was the turning point. But I don't just for statistical purposes, we can attribute all of that wholly on him, right? There was other injuries. Um, it's quite plausible that Clemson kind of started figuring out the scheme. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, that's how good Julian Love is. Um, but they did start targeting other people with success. Um, so I, I can't say it's 100% Julian Love before and Julian Love after. Um, but it, when you lose a player that good in a game where you were having success against a really good quarterback, it, it sucks. And I think you're right. I think we were more competitive. Um I mean, the game wasn't completely over in the first quarter like it was in 2012. Um, similar score blowout at the end. But, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame was good for, for part of that game. But it's hard to take away positives from, from it for me um, just because it's just rolled over and died right after that. It just shows that we lack a lot of depth um, and that we don't know how to play from behind against a good team. Yeah, uh, all those points were valid. And uh, really, there, there's not much left to say about what happened. We all seen it. We've all argued it. Uh, but don't let this detract from the fact that Alabama lost by 28. Uh, so th- there's that. Uh, did either of you watch the national championship? I not said a I wasn't. Single second. Yeah, I said I wasn't for the for the principle of it because I'm fed up of seeing our sport ruined by those two fucking programs. Um, but once Clemson started winning, I kind of put it on to see how it kind of would finish. Um, and thrilled. I mean, I do like Clemson when we're, when we're not playing them. I mean, they're not, um, I don't think the greatest program to mimic yourself after in terms of, um, drug testing. Um, (laughs) but, uh, for the most part, I mean, can, can, I cut, can, can I cut you off there real quick? I'm 
I'm half an idiot. Just going to put that out there. You've listened to me for 18 episodes. You all know that. Uh, I didn't realize that De- Dexter Lawrence, that's him, he's fat. I mean, he got to get his 300-something pounds. But for a guy who was taking a fat loss, muscle-building steroid, he has a fat, fat face. So he's not the poster child for Austrian, I can tell you that. Well, asking I guess- for a friend, just, yeah. just quickly, asking for a friend who might be a little bit overweight because he sits 35 hours a week in an office and went from having washboard six-pack abs to being a little bit too chubby. Where can I find Osterine? Asking for a friend. We will take this offline. Um, but anyway, uh, also get a standing desk. Uh, those really do help. And uh, recommendation, horseman pod, pod, whatever we call ourselves. Uh, recommendation, workout for 2019. 50 squats in the shower, 50 calf raises every morning or whenever you shower. Very easy to do. We're going to have quads of steel and calves of more steel. I can't recommend doing exercise in a slippery shower, but... <laughs> it builds your core stability, too. This uh, is just a scheme for sad Notre Dame fans to get you to kill yourself because that's what we want to feel. That's all this is. No, but... Uh, I do want to die. It's actually one of my goals for 2019. What? It's right on there. Die. <laughs> No, but I've been doing that, and my calves have never looked better. I'm going to start wearing capris, just showing off the calves at all times. Uh, Dylan, give us a (laughs) – on this unrelated segue, tell us how we did on our bowl predictions. Bad. We did really, really bad, Um, at least compared to other people that joined. So – um, we had a working hypothesis that college football is completely fucking random and that people who are experts in the sport don't even know. And I'm not saying we're experts, but we're certainly more experts than, uh, my girlfriend who doesn't watch any college population, football, yeah. who picked based kind of on the state she liked a little more or whatever connection she might've had. Has she ever um, been to the United States? Yeah. She's been there a, a few times. So what's a Canadian passport look like? Uh, it's blue. So that's that's that i can show you one sometime but not on the podcast um so she not only won the damn thing she fucking crushed us and uh and this is a non-college football fan so i'll give you the final tally here so steve finished last uh he got 19 out of 38 for 50 percent um good for him i mean that's a pretty i think that's a pretty fair score for the bowl season i mean the bowl season hey hard. hey i have a i have a higher completion percentage than brandon wimbush you do and that's <laughs> and that's really sad and i really don't think brandon wimbush was a good quarterback um steve uh, was last and then p wagon you were very close to tying me although we both picked alabama in the final um probably because i just want to preserve my lead over you but mm. you went 20 for 39 51 percent okay. Um, Steve took one less game because he refused to pick between Notre Dame and Clemson, but um, still last. P Wagon second, and then the second last, and then me. I finished second overall. Um, I went 21 for 39 for 54 percent. I mean, we were all within one pick of each other. I started off nine and ten. It looked like I was basically money, and then uh, the wheels fell off big time. 
And then our leader uh, would be my girlfriend who went 24 for 39 for 62%. I mean, that's even good, I think, by the standards of some top level experts. So I think maybe our hypothesis is somewhat confirmed that college football is just random nonsense or we're either really, really dumb. So I'm going to let you guys decide which one of those two is true. It, it's like a bandersnatch, uh, choose your own adventure. You pick your four dumb or college football's random. Uh, leave it below in the comments, guys. We're not a YouTube podcast. Yeah, the only one I'm truly regretting um, is not actually knowing that Urban Meyer was going to coach the bowl game. That's why I picked Washington. So hand up. That's on me. Yeah, I, I just picked teams, and uh, I'm not good at it. Uh, again, no good segue. Also a tip. Uh, if you are trying to get into shape into shape for uh, 2019, every time Alabama let up a touchdown uh, in the national championship game, put it on your TV. Do five push-ups. Uh, you'll be doing some a lot of push-ups. Uh, anyway, moving on. Players <laughs> leaving. Um, I'm going to get all of us fit. All 41 of you who average listen every week, we're all going to be ripped by the time Notre Dame uh, puts it to. Uh, uh, Brian Van Gorder and the Louisville defense. Uh, players leaving. We know it's Brandon Wimbush. Um, he's gone. Love's gone. Boykin's gone. And then we have all the seniors who are leaving as well. Um, to start, we also know that um, Jalen Hurts is in the transfer portal. Uh, that's breaking as of today. Where do you think Wimbush is going to end up? Uh, well, he's not going to be going to Ohio State because Justin Fields transferred there. But Justin Fields, is he going to start over Tate Martell? It, it doesn't matter. Brandon Wimbush isn't good enough to play for Ohio State. I was thinking something like maybe Rutgers, like a not a good school. He's going to be a middle yeah, back. Not, he's, if he's lucky, he he'll get into a power five. He, he would have been fine to start there if it was a transition year where they had like a, a red-shirted freshman. And it's like, all right, we'll go with Wimbush for this one year and – then you know, we'll have somebody else next year. But uh, I don't know. West Virginia is intriguing. Hmm. Um, I like Penn State. You know, he, Penn State, a lot of uh, – he, he's from the New Jersey area and a lot of New Jersey and a lot of Philly kids basically go to Penn State. He was signed um, to Penn State before he went to Notre Dame, if I recall correctly. So that's, that's yeah. interesting. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, yep, you're making a face that I don't know, just so the listeners can can understand what's going on on this video chat. Um, look, I think the ins and outs has not been a win for Notre Dame. Um, Boykin could have stayed, and I think Love could have stayed. I'm not ragging on them for leaving. I understand it, um, but that's. That's not what you were hoping for. You were hoping to get some of these stars back like Clemson did last year. Um, I'm a little surprised with Love um, just because he, he's not really slated to be a first-rounder, and I don't think he ever really was. He could end up sneaking in there when people finally watch his tape and see how damn good he is. Um, and then Boykin, I understand because he's he's graduated. Um, but, you know, he's not going to be a high draft pick either, and I always kind of think that going back for your next year to improve your draft status – is, is is a good thing um but i mean they have their personal reasons good for both of them i'll cheer for both of them in the nfl as long as they're not you know directly playing my team um but it's not good overall you really wanted one of them to come back 
Um, we did win with uh, Julian Aquora, right? Um, he came back, and I yeah. believe another person on the D line is coming back as well. That's great. Um, we're going to need that. Uh, our linebackers are both gone, so Tranquil and Coney. Uh, we'll still have Bilal there, but he's the rover. Um, our two interior defensive linemen are gone, Tillery and Bonner. Uh, Tillery is going to be, again, a top 60 draft pick. I'll go to the Chargers first round. Uh, we have Troy Pride coming back, which will be good. Uh, Tariq Bracey showed signs. Um, Gilman's the next big one. If Gilman stays, it looks better. If Gilman leaves, holy fuck, we did not he already well announced on Twitter that he's going to stay. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, that, he's big on graduate. A lot of Hawaiians, and this is probably typecasting the whole population, but whatever. They like to graduate places. I, if you notice that Monte Teo graduated, um, obviously Gilman's going to graduate. Um, Tua's probably going to stay and, and graduate. So that that's something. That's just a cool fact. Yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of going through our defense because it was great, and we're losing a lot of talent, like a lot. But and you, then, you're going to rebuild so quickly with the defensive line, and you know the program that they have. We've we saw it in a few games when you did have those key players out. You're going to get better players in. Tillery, it was a, a monster, but he also had times. We had to survive the time where he thought he was an all-world player when he was just a mediocre, you know, human. The USC game comes to mind uh, three years ago when he stomped on someone. Uh, so I definitely think they can reload quicker on the yeah. defense because you just have athletes. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the linebackers specifically. I mean, the two that kind of quarterback the defense, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I think offensively we'll have a better time because we have a lot of receiving prospects, so losing Boykin sucks. But Notre Dame, is in, they've done a really good job of just getting receivers out of nowhere, and they kind of have a flash season, you know, Fuller, um, Equimini St. Brown. And we're basically going to have – we're basically going to have the entire offensive line back. The, uh, we are going to uh, – you know, who, who graduated? Who was the left guard? Bars. Um, bars. Yeah, Alex bars. bars, who who I thought could have played his way up to a first-round pick this year. Obviously, his, his bad injury sidelined him, but that was the thing is he got injured, and then all of a sudden um, Aaron Banks came in at left guard, who's a, who was a redshirted freshman. He's now going to be going in redshirted sophomore. Um, so he's had plenty of time to develop physically, mentally, and the other four guys on the line are all going to be returning starters, all juniors and seniors. So I think the yeah. line will, will markedly improve. Yeah. That's what I was, that's what I was getting at is uh, the offense would have an easier time with the turnover because the offensive line is staying the same, uh, which I believe was the case in 2012 too, with that amazing offensive line they had. And even I think last season as well, most of the guys came back. So we'll have a very good offensive line. I think um, that's just the way it is in culture. Paul, the more games you play, the better the line gets. Um, I think Boykin's replaceable. I think Claypool's probably a better player talent-wise. Um, next year, you'll probably see him replace that production. Um, Young looks great. Um, Fink, Fink, whatever his name is, might come back. Um, if not, I mean, we have lots of guys. I'm not too worried about that. Uh, the quarterback's coming back, and then we have two good running backs still there. Um, obviously, losing Dex isn't great, but, I mean, he's not – Look, he's not the number one overall draft pick. It's, the thing he's I'm going to miss most about Dexter Williams is how excited he gets over stuff on Instagram. If you follow him on his stories, and I mean, he's a great player and all that stuff, but whenever he sees something even moderately interesting, 
he just is so impressed and just follow him on on instagram it is and, and you'll start noticing it about everything and it is hilarious uh so give him a follow right oh, he's, he's great but that's the thing with running backs and we're starting to see that a little more data is it's a lot determined by the offensive line and your scheme and your receivers and your passing attack. So I'm not too worried about there. We know Jafar Armstrong is really talented. Uh, we know uh, Jones is as well. Tony um, Jones. Yeah. So I, I think the offense will be fine. I'm, I am worried about the defense. I know we recruited well, um, but you know, replacing a lot of tough guys and that was our strength last year. So um, Jalen Elliott's coming back, correct? Yes. Yeah. So just to, I, I mean, I did have some extra time at work and I was able to, uh, and I sent this to you guys, was able to, to fire off a, um, a depth chart basically. And this is obviously preliminary. Who, who knows who's going to slot into what position, but you know, Ian book redshirted junior. Uh, so he's a senior in the classroom coming back. Um, you know, Tony Jones, He's a junior, Jafar Armstrong. He's a, uh, a redshirted sophomore, his third year in the program. Even Avery, Dav Avery Davis uh, is going to get some time. And we so we have a ton of talent at wide receiver. You know, it was it kind of stunk to see Boykin go because we had some great memories with him. But I think overall, this is going to be a net positive. Not that he wasn't talented, he certainly was. Um, but the thing was, I think in that game against Clemson, um, what stood out is that we didn't have an explosive wide receiver. You know, you have a six foot five guys on either side that aren't exactly the, the best with 40 times or acceleration. So when you have two and a half, three seconds tops for Ian book to make a throw and you have, you know, these long routes that they're running, such as a post or an out, if, if you can't get it if you can't get off the line of scrimmage, if you can't break away with separation, of course there's that Ian book's going to panic. So I think that it's going to help that Kevin Austin, who's a six, he's around six, three, I believe he's going to uh, slot in uh, as a true sophomore next year, starting on one side. The other side is going to be Claypool who's six, five. So that way you have the big body. Then you have a guy who's still decent size, but a little bit more explosive. Then you'll have, have Chris Fink in the slot, who's uh, pro. And right behind him is going to be Lawrence Keyes, who is, there's been a lot of people impressed with him. He's a 5'10 guy. He's a red, going to be a redshirted freshman uh, you know, next season. Um, so Larry, hopefully he, Larry Keyes. Sorry? Larry Keyes. I love that name. Yeah. Lawrence yeah, so, so hopefully I, I think that depth from the last – is going to start to show through, and this was obviously our problem in the national title game, which we had no depth at corner and, and a few other positions. Offensive line is going to be really awesome. So offense, as we all, all mentioned, like we're not really worried in that aspect. We think there's some positive things to come. Defensive line, we're going to have Khalid Kareem and Julian Aquara both returning for their senior years. Behind them, uh, Dalen Hayes is going to be in there. Um, Myron... Teglovoa Amosa, he's a red-shirted sophomore. He's two, his cousin. He's going to be taking over as defensive tackle for Jerry Tillery. He's pretty friggin' good. I just he, he needs some time to develop into top ten, a top tier talent. 
let's hope he develops quickly. Um, and then as for the, uh, it would be the same secondaries next as last year, just sub Dante Vaughn for Julian Love. And to be frank, Tariq Bracey might play him his way into the starting role after what we saw in the last game they played. But the linebacker position, yes, there is going to be a dip because we had two unbelievable players in Drew Tranquil and uh, Coney. But you know, we're going to have Shane Simon coming in. He's going to be playing the rover most likely. Uh, it's likely that Amar Belisle is going to move from rover to the buck. And then as for the Mike, which is the weak side linebacker, it's looking like it's going to be Bo Bauer. Uh, but we also have Jack Lamb, who is a redshirted freshman. He, he basically missed the season to injury from bench pressing. But he was very highly touted. He was uh, a top 50 recruit coming out of high school. So we've built the depth at each position. And, and don't forget Jordan Genmark Heath, who's going to be fighting for a, a role on this team, who's a redshirt or junior. So there's a didn't, lot of depth. Didn't Lamb get hurt in the All American game? Or he got yes, hurt? Yes, he did. Again? So he got hurt. He got hurt in the spring. And. Then in the summer, he got a chest injury. I think he probably cracked a couple of ribs. Wow. Oh. So, and he, he ended up missing eight games because of it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of depth now going forward. It just sucks because, yes, we have more depth, but that also we've taken a dip in what our top-tier talent can do, if that makes sense simultaneously. Last year would have been the year to cash in all of the chips, but so now we're still kind of in a rebuild. So looking forward to next year's schedule looks, looks which looks to be daunting already. Uh, I'm thinking maybe 10 and two, which if we can go 10 and you know, have 10 wins in three consecutive seasons, sign me up. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what everyone said about this schedule this year. And everyone was predicting ten and two at best. I'm not going to make predictions ahead of time. Um, for all we know, Georgia could fall off the face of the earth. Um, Michigan has law is going to lose a lot of defensive talent. I'm not overly scared by that schedule. Obviously, the game in Athens is the big one. Um, we can't play in Michigan for some reason, just like they can't play at Notre Dame. But I mean, I think we're a better team than Michigan. We'll have the better quarterback, and I think that could be the difference. Um, it's too it's too early to call. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but our first podcast, we talked about uh, players, freshmen to look forward to. And now that I think about it, I don't think we've really seen enough from any of them, which probably is a good thing that we that we didn't need to rely on any freshmen this year. Um, but I was just I was just thinking about that. Um, how about some of these players didn't really get a lot of game time? Yeah. And just ask a stupid question. Does anyone know why we have a bye after Louisville and before New Mexico? New Mexico's a tough team. Like a, a week two bye just seems ridiculous. Oh, September must have an extra month or an extra nah, week in the month. No, you know what it is. I, it, you're all hearing how my brain works right now. Monday, September second. It, it's a Monday. September second is a Monday. They're going to get that. Like, that like eight p.m. Labor Day game. Labor Day is spelled with an O R, not a U. Uh, no, there's so, a U. There's a U. I can tell you the history of why you guys pronounce things wrong, but whatever. But no. So Notre Dame gets a Monday game, a bye week, and then they play New Mexico. That's 
my whole my whole Labor Day weekend's ruined now because I have to watch Notre Dame on a Monday instead of a Saturday. All right. Well, anyway, you, can I can I say something yes. uh, for all the viewers at home and for both of you guys? If you want to feel happy after just the abomination that happened, go to USC football. Look at their 2019 schedule, and they will be one in five when they come into <laughs> South Bend. It is hilarious. They are going to be so bad that we might relegate them to the WNBA or something. <laughs> um, and the one thing that we didn't talk about while we're I'm pulling up that schedule to talk about uh, is the the specialist. Jay Bramblett's coming in. He'll be the punter. Uh, we do need to replace the kicker in Yoon uh, because our kickoff man. Don't worry. Here. We have Jonathan Dorr. We don't say that name on this podcast. Uh, I won't even I won't even say his name until he can prove he can kick a ball straight. Uh, but we do have another kid out of Cheshire, Connecticut, uh, preferred walk on. Uh, he's pretty good, three star, I think, maybe a two and a half, one of those low rankings. But he's a he's a preferred walk on. He'll he'll challenge Door for the starting spot. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to name. see five push-ups. Okay, <laughs> we're looking at the USC schedule. Um, as, before yeah. you got into that, before you got into that, I just wanted to do one last segment of our our farewell to our seniors. So for uh, Jerry Tillery, uh, the two linebackers Tranquil and, and uh, why am I drawing a blank? Tavon Coney, um, to to Miles Boykin. Who this like jazz segment is brought to you by Steve being an idiot and playing a copyrighted song. Uh, goodbye, my lover. Next week on the podcast, we'll have him sing it in full. Acapella. Or he can make up his own words. Uh, either way, that's why we have this segment in right now. Thank you. Uh, and we'll do no, it. No, it was under 30 seconds. It's just oh. a sample. It's under 30 seconds. So goodbye, our lovers. Good luck in the NFL to those of you making it to the NFL and for you, Brandon Wimbush. <laughs> good, good luck wherever you land. And uh, Real quick, USC has Fresno State, Stanford, BYU, Utah, and Washington. Yeah, they might not win a game. Fresno before. State Fresno is State good. good. They're uh, good. Wow, that's, that's going to be a rough one. And they don't have Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> uh, oh, that was funny. So, real quick uh, recap, I don't know what we're going to be doing in the offseason. Uh, obviously, if something Notre Dame-related does come up, Ultra uh, Denson leaving, something like that, hypothetically. Um, draft. We'll, we'll draft. draft. If we get a recruit on here, if we can figure out how not to break clearinghouse rules, uh, we'll do that. We'll, we'll jump on periodically. Uh, over this season, this ragtag group of people – um, who didn't know each other at the start was able to garner through 17 episodes, um, 702 plays. Uh, so that's that's 41 per podcast. We made two dollars in advertisement dollars. Uh, so watch out, world. Uh, that's like a less than a dollar a person. And other than that, I think even though we did lose Joe, we are open to a fourth horseman. Uh, coming in for next year. Uh, maybe we'll do a guest. I don't know. Uh, but this was kind of a, a crack idea that we just threw out in August. 
and it came to fruition. I, uh, I want to thank everyone for being along with the ride, uh, downloading us, rating us five stars, subscribing, reviewing, and arguing with us on Twitter. Uh, even though none of you ever said anything about the podcast, I'm looking at you, Tony. So, with that being said, Tony Demento, I'm I don't at think you. I don't think our draft friend Brad spread it either. So you might have to he, get on him for that. He, he didn't. I I had a talk with him. He has a contract. So you know, having having people under contract, it's a little bit difficult. But um, other than that, be sure to keep up with us. We will. I uh, began to some antics over the uh, the off season, and uh, that that's what I got. Any last words while we uh, while we kill the 2018 season? Put a book Dylan? in it, bookmark. Um, I don't know. We can come back every every now and then just to talk. If people like listening to us because we are kind of funny. Um, I'm muted. I'm not muted. It was. Uh, and, it was. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. You guys are acting weird. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a good season, boys. Um, we had a good one. The Irish went 12-0. Um, P. Wagon looks to be in a very intense conversation. Um, yeah, it, just, it was fun doing this. Um, it started off as a wacky idea um, P. had. And uh, we lost a man. I, I think he's dead. Um, but... <laughs> We um, miss you, Joe. Come back. Um, if this you might are be listening. little. This might be little dangerous. Inside the actor studio, we're opening the uh, curtain for all of you listeners. Every week when I invite Steve and Dylan to this, I've also included Joe, and he's never answered. Yeah, he's dead for <laughs> sure. So I don't know what happened to him, Joe. Don't the first forty-eight. We've lost him. It's a cold case now. So, uh, Joe, if you listen to this, check your spam folders because that's probably where my invites are. But this did start as a, a crazy idea. I had no idea how to record a podcast before we started this. Uh, even up to the first episode, I was asking Steve how to record. Uh, so uh, and Now thanks. we all have microphones that are beautiful and we can all talk. Thanks for the ride, Steve. Any last words? Signing off, and for the last time for the 2018-2019 season, thank you, everyone, and go Irish. Go Irish. Yep.